Welcome to Divine Inspiration by Dantisha James. Today, we're going to talk about what is in your hands. Yes, what is in your hands? So let's get straight to the word of God. We're going to go into Exodus, Exodus chapter 17, verse 9 through 13. And the word of God says this. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our mans and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow, I will stand on top of the hill with the salve of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses and Aaron and Hur went to, to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held, um, held up his hand, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tarred, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hurl held his hand up, and one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steadily till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekites army with the sword. And so remember, the topic is what is in your hand? Yes, what is in your hand? So let's get into this. We have the story of the war with the Amalekites and was the first that was recorded in the book of wars of the Lord. The Amalekites was the first of nations that Israel fought with and the Amalekites were the um, posturage of Hesu and hated J Jacob because of their birthright blessings. And this was in the effort of the enemy. I mean, enmity, enmity, sorry, not enmity, enmity. A malicious that ran in the blood and perhaps was now exerted by the working of the promised tours and accomplishments. As Israel afflictions, they had been quarreling with Moses and now God sends the Amalekites to quarrel with them. See, they was quarreling with Moses, the Israelites was. Now God sent the enemy against them, the Amalekites to fight against the Israelites. <laughs> It's so amazing. See, it's why you don't want to mess with the children of God. You don't want to mess with God's children who has been anointed. See, when God's children has been anointed, they anointed, they ordained, they are set, and they are on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ in their spirit is upon them. So you don't want to mess with God's children because you don't never know what will come against you when you mess with God's children. So you want to just really, if you got an issue with God's children, just pray about it. Talk to the Lord about it. Let God deal with his children. Let God deal with his children because he will. So let's keep going on. And so, um, Wars abroad are the just punishment of strife and dis discontents at home. As the Amalekites sin, so it, it is re, re reckoned. They did not boldly front them as a generous enemy, but without any pro provo provocation given by Israel or challenges, they basically fell upon their rear and smote those that were faint and feeble and they could neither make resistance nor escape. When God moves within their, his power, can't no man nor woman stop the war, but only him. Let me say it again. When God moves within his power, can't no man, no woman stop the war, but only him. Just like when God brought that plaque on United States, he brought the plaque on the whole world and shut it all down when the COVID came. And everybody was afraid because nobody knew what to do. And what, what kind of medicine can we take? Do we need a vaccine? They, they, they just didn't know what to do. But see, God is God and God is God alone. Whenever God's going to do what God's going to do, God's going to show up because God is the one who's in control. Can we get an amen? Let me go on and say amen for you. Okay? But I'm just saying, when God does something, can't nobody move it but God. Let's keep going on. And so, he is for his children. He is for his children. 
So let's go back to Exodus. Let's read this again. So Exodus chapter 17, verse 9 through 10. I'm going to read this down. We're going to break it down. So Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. And so Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. And as Joshua was being obedient to his leader, Moses do what he, Moses do what he had asked him to do. And so you got to understand before you become a leader, you got to ask yourself, what have you done to be obedient to a leader that was in front of you? See, see, it's easy for us to all say that we are a leader, but the question is, can you be a servant? <laughs> can you be a servant and let somebody lead you? And see, because if you can't be a servant and let somebody lead you and you just want to boost about yourself, you just got your pride. You're full of pride right now. Because usually to train to be a leader, you got to be a servant first. And see, I understand about being a servant because I was a servant towards a pastor. He was a pastor and I was a servant. He told me to go do something in the church or go clean something in the church. I had to go do it. He told me to go do this and go do that. And whether I like it or not, it was my job to do what he has called me to do because I was in internship as a minister. But let me tell you something. A leader is not a leader until they start serving. Hmm. Let me keep going on. All right, let's keep moving on. And so Joshua was nominated commander-in-chief in his expectations that he might be trained up to the service he was designed for after the death of Moses and be a man of war from his youth. He was getting trained under his leader about Moses and learning how to become a man of war. Can't nobody be a leader if they are not willing to be under another leader and listen to them in their directions and their guidance and their correction. See, Joshua didn't even know he was going to win victory. Later with God, though, through the um, Canadianites, God was going to use him to win victory. Joshua was ordered to draw out, um, to draw out detachment of choosing men from the, from the, thousands of Israel and to drive back the Amalekites. You got to know who is for you and who is not for you. As a leader, there will be people against you, but they are around you. And there will be people who agree with you as long as you live and under their expectations. And then you will have to, um, you will have a few, not that, um, not that many that will be with, with you just because of who you are. And they won't, they won't go anywhere. Moses knew that Joshua would know who to pick and who was sold out for God and his commandments because Joshua was a servant. He was a servant to Moses and Moses was his leader. So Joshua knew who to pick because he, Joshua was getting trained. Joshua didn't even know he was getting trained as a servant. He was just doing what Moses told him to do. He he was with his sisters, whatever you tell Moses, do, I'm going to do because God is with you and I'm going to be obedient. So Moses knew that he could count on Joshua and he knew that Joshua would pick the man that he needed to pick and my, Joshua was going to be the leader next because Joshua was getting trained for it. It's so amazing how God's children don't know who they are. Don't know who they are to God reveal who they are. Like he revealed Moses who Moses was. Moses didn't know who he was. Just like King David. King David didn't know he was going to be a king, but he was. <laughs> 
<laughs> he was a shepherd boy, right? He was a shepherd boy. And Moses was, he, he, he was in, he was learning how to be a shepherd himself. Because the first when Moses was born, Moses was born and he was born wealthy, rich, and he learned how to be like the Egyptians. And then God had trained him and learned how to be like a shepherd. Oh my God. Sometimes when we get fall down to the shortage and we get real low, real low, real low, like a shepherd. Look like we ain't nobody. I look like God ain't God forgot all about us. That's when God is changing us. God is molding us and making us be who the man and woman that he created to be. Oh, I love that our God created us to be victorious on this earth with him. Oh, I love my God that he created us to be more than a conqueror on this earth. I love the God that we serve because we are overcomers by the blood of Jesus Christ. Come on now. Let me, let me calm down. Let me calm down. Okay. So Moses knew that Joshua would know who to pick. And who was sold out for God in his commandments. Let's go back into the word of God. So in Exodus chapter 17, verse 11, it says this. As long as Moses held up his hand, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. By holding up his hands to the Lord, Moses reveals his dependence on and faith in God. Israel's strength and victory lay in a continuous posture of dependence, trust, and faith in God, demonstrated by Moses uplifting his hands in the intercession. Whenever Moses, inter whenever Moses intercessions worn, so did the um, flow of God's power on behalf of his people. This divine principle continues to operate under the new covenant. If we fail to call up on God daily in prayer, then the divine life protection, the divine life and protection and blessings and grace will be begin to cease its flow towards us. Our only hope of victory lies in continually approaching the throne of grace through Christ Jesus, that we might receive the power of God and grace to help us in the times of need. Our world is in desperate need. Let me say it again. Our world is in desperate need. Many people are back into the hospital and ICU fighting for oxygen wars. If we don't humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, we all will be defeated by the enemy. We are nothing without God. How do we expect God to move when we come into his presence with no repentance, with no worshiping, bringing our flesh carnality to our holy God? Let me say it again. How do we expect our God to move with no repentance, with no uh, with no respect, no honor our heavenly father, and with no worshiping him? We come into him with our carnality self to a holy God, a faithful God, a righteous God, an obedience God, a God who's an everlasting God. Come on now. If you want God to move in your life, if you want God to show up in your life, we got to humble ourselves. We got to repent of our sins. We got to talk to our father. We got to worship him. We got to praise him. We got to give him honor like we give our parents honor. The Bible tells us to honor our mother and father in the Bible. Do we not expect to honor our heavenly father who created us? You don't come to no holy God just to any way you want to come. Now, if you if you new to it and you don't know about God and God knows that we still kind of ignorant about him and don't really know that, have that much really lack of knowledge about him, he understand that. But hold on, hold your brakes. If you've been in the believer at 20 or 30 years ago and you think you could come to God just like that, hmm, you better get it together. You better get it together with the power of the Holy Spirit because you can't come to God just the way you want to come in your carnality self. Oh, my God. Let me keep going. So let's keep going on. And so a holy God who is tired of all the evil and wickedness. It is time for us to stop pretending like we are right whenever whenever 
when our nation is under a spiritual attack. Lift up our hands and worship the Lord. Lift up our hands and depend upon him. Lift up our hands because he is worthy to be praised. Lift up our hands when we pray to our Heavenly Father. Seek our Heavenly Father. Knock on his door. Keep asking for him because he is there for us. But if we don't do that, we can't get no help from our Heavenly Father. And we can't keep on blaming stuff on him when we really ain't returning from our wicked ways. How do we expect for us to change and God to move in on this nation if we're not in prayers? What is in your hands? That is what is in your hands. Prayers in your hands. Communications in your hands. The word of God can be in your hands. What is in your hands? You got more than enough. If you just humble yourself, we got to humble ourselves as a church. We are coming against the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. There ain't no God like him. There ain't no God before him. And there's definitely no God after him. Let's get back into the word of God. And so in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, it says this. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. And so Christ lives in heaven in his father's presence, interceding for each and every one of his followers, according to the father's will. Through Jesus Christ's ministry of intercession, we experience God's love and presence and find mercy and grace to help us in times of need, in times of temptations, in times of weaknesses, in times of sin, and in the times of trials. Christ's high priestly prayer for his people as well as as well as his desire to pour forth the Holy Spirit upon all believers to help us understand the content of Christ's intercessory ministry. Our hope and security is, in the coming, is coming to God through Jesus Christ by faith. Christ does not remain an advocate in intercession for us, for those who refuse to confess and forsake sin. I mean, confess and forsake sin in who depart from fellowship with God. His intercessions to save them to the uttermost is only for those who come unto God by him. There is no safety and security for those who deliberately sin and abandon God. After Christ took up on himself the punishment of our sins by giving his life as a sacrifice, he entered into heaven where um, serves in the presence of God on the behalf of us as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so because what we got in our hand is more powerful than what is the material security that we are leaning on. We're supposed to use what we got in our hands. And the main thing that can bring power is through prayers. Prayers all the time. I'm saying pray and get up on our knees. Pray to our Heavenly Father. Not just the time when you need your Heavenly Father, but all the time we need to pray to our God for whatever we got going on. Because in Philippians, it tells us to come to him in thanksgiving and prayers. We got to do that as the believers of the Lord Jesus Christ. If we want our Heavenly Father to move in our life, to move in our nation, to move in our family, to move in the sickness, to move in the brokenhearted, we need to get back into prayers and that is what's in your hands and that's much powerful than anything because we're talking to our heavenly father and there ain't nothing he cannot do he can do exceedingly abundantly above it all there is no mountain that he cannot move because that's the god that we serve and that's our living god through christ jesus thank you so much for listening to divine inspiration god bless you bye